Food and Beverage Magazine Live, bringing food and beverage to life with your hosts, James Beard Award winner Jennifer English and Food and Beverage Magazine publisher Michael Politz. Featuring leaders in the hospitality, branded food and beverage, and CPG industries, many of whom are Jennifer and Michael's friends in the business. For an informal and informative conversation where friends in the business share the latest intel, ideas, and best practices. Live, juicy inside scoop from the tastemakers, newsmakers, bread bakers, drink shakers, spoon lickers, clam diggers, farms, foodies, and friends of the food and beverage magazine world. Here are your hosts, Jennifer English and Michael Politz. Whether you are thinking about becoming a restaurateur or you are already in the business, Michael Politz has written a must-read, The Food and Beverage Magazine's Guide to Restaurant Success. Pick up your copy today at Barnes & Noble, Amazon, Books A Million, or wherever fine books are sold. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome. I'm Jennifer English. I am the editor-at-large of Food and Beverage Magazine. I'm a native New Englander, and I love today's story because we're taking you not only to my native New England, we're taking you to this 14-mile coastline, this small, beautiful coastline in New Hampshire, which is, I think, technically still one of the smallest coastlines in the U.S., but it's a place that's very dear to me, Portsmouth, New Hampshire. I went to UNH and I love the area because it is, it is redolent with history, but it's also redolent and rich with innovation and the culinary richness that New England is famous for. From our oceans, we derive the seafood that is the roots of our cultural cuisine that the world knows us for. And if you think of New England cuisine, you think of things like clam chowder and Boston baked beans and Parker House rolls and lobster rolls and all of the things that we're known for, uh, baked beans. Uh, but, but you don't think of us as being a place that loves spicy things. It's as if we didn't get that spicy thing. The truth is New England is rooted in a spice tradition. We have many companies that were the sort of foundation of the spice industry in North America, from the William Bell Company, who produces Bell seasoning. But some of the things that we use in our winter spice blends for pumpkin pies and baking, cinnamons, nutmegs, you know, we we are good at those kinds of things. So we don't, again, think of hot and spicy the way we think of, you know, Arizona, Texas, Tex-Mex, some of the spicy food we find in the mid, you know, southern states like you know, hot chicken, but now everything's changing. Some of the best spice companies are companies that are producing craft spice products. Spice is becoming one of our national flavor identifiers and spice is becoming one of those big businesses. Crafts people, the way they do craft beer and other craft foods are turning their attention and have been for quite some time to the spice arts. And one of the great practitioners of the spice arts joins us today. Gabe DiSeverio is the owner of the Spicy Shark. And if you've done any fishing off the coast of New England, you know that that is a place, you've seen the movie Jaws, you can expect to see a shark or two. Is shark a fish that you can actually add a spicy element to to make it even more delicious? Well, we're going to find out. But how did Gabe become the Spicy Shark? 
and how are his blends some of the best we've ever tried? Well, we're going to get to all of that, and we're going to take you to my native New England and one of my favorite places on the planet, Portsmouth, New Hampshire, to welcome Gabe. How are you, sir? I am doing great, and thank you for the shout-out to the New Hampshire coast. We are indeed the smallest coastline uh, in America, and uh, we're just wedged between Massachusetts and Maine, and I live on that last mile of the coast right before the start of Maine, so I'm actually closer to Kittery, Maine than even downtown Portsmouth. But uh, we're small but mighty here. I have in to New say Hampshire. that coastline, every treasured inch has a really distinctive characteristic that can, if you stand there and you smell the sea, really take you back to the time of the spice trading ships that would have brought their bountiful spices from the Caribbean or from the Far East. Can you talk a little bit about how you fell in love with spices and became the spicy shark? Absolutely. So it's kind of a twofold story. Um, uh, first will be the, the heat element of things. So I actually grew up uh, in uh, northern New Jersey, right over the George Washington uh -huh. Bridge. And I grew up in a very ethnic community. And the majority of my friends were actually Indian and Asian. And my mom was very into spicy foods. So I ate blazing hot foods as a kid. And in fact, my friends in our favorite uh, fast food restaurant was called Curry in a Hurry oh, in New York that. City. So I was, yeah, so we ate a Curry in the Hurry uh, before I was wow. 10 years old. So I was always into very spicy foods and uh, my sister is an incredible uh, culinary talent. And so we started developing hot sauces kind of earlier on and, and fine tuning recipes before, you know, I, I went pro. Um, so that's kind of the, uh, the the spice end of it. It's just been in my blood from a, a very young age. And um, the shark element, you know, I'm a huge Jaws fanatic. Uh, my favorite movie, watched it when I was eight years old. I actually now have a 1975 Chevy oh, Blazer because wow. I always wanted what Chief Brody drove in Jaws. And I bought it in an auction in Greensboro, North Carolina, and I've transformed it to look exactly like oh, it did in awesome. Jaws. Um, but uh, I actually got to meet Wendy Benchley, uh, the wife of the late author of Jaws, Peter, on Martha's Vineyard, a.k.a. Amity Island, back in 2012 for Jaws Fest. And she let me know the plight of sharks and how over 100 million are killed every year by humans. And I got very passionate about sharks and shark conservation, more so than just the movie Jaws. So I became a scuba diver um, pretty soon after that, became a part of her organization, Shark Savers. And uh, now I dive with sharks in the open, in the ocean, and uh, our uh, portion of our proceeds go to different um, nonprofits in shark conservation. So uh, when I started this company in 2018, uh, it just made sense. The spicy shark, it was perfect and uh, a great area to be in New England for Will it. Will you talk about spice in the most holistic sense? Because I know that there is a great deal of benefit to all of the spices in, in let's just call them spicy foods. And I, and I really, I love that term and I hate that term because it, it infers something that's almost suggestive of being instead of flavor, you get heat instead of flavor, but great spice is all about heat and flavor. Both elements do a lot for us because to get those two things, you have to use all of the spices uh, that give us all the health benefits. And I wanted to talk about, without giving away your quote-unquote recipe for secret sauce, the things that go into your spicy shark sauces 
and why they're so beneficial on so many levels that that ancient cultures and traditions knew that you now know and that you now share? Well, from the most basic sense, um, you know, and I eat a, a, a primarily vegetarian diet and a lot of people say, how can you do that when you're all about hot sauces and flavors? The funny thing is when you really break down uh, food to its essence without any flavorings, spices of any kind, whether there's heat to those spices or not, if you just took a piece of meat and you just took some tempeh, there's not a lot to it. Um, it really comes down to how you flavor it. And that's why you can have such incredible vegetarian meals because it comes down just like with dishes with meat protein comes down to the spices and the flavors that you put in it. And it makes all the difference in the world. So it's such a critical component to the flavor of anything that you put in your mouth is the blend of it. Um, from a health perspective, I actually wrote a blog on our website about the health benefits of peppers. They're incredible uh, cancer fighting agents uh, that are in different spice blends and in hot peppers themselves. It's actually the pepper itself. Um, and in addition to that, literally the capsaicin, when you have capsaicin, which is the, the element of heat in a pepper, it releases endorphins. And not only is that a healthy thing, but it literally makes you happier. So uh, talk about a great addiction to have is, is one you, of heat. Um, so I, I apologize. Oh, I didn't mean to talk over you. I think we have a little delight. Can you talk about the flavor philosophy of the spicy shark? Yeah, um, basically, you know, flavor comes first. There's a, when I started the spicy shark, I, I said, you know, there's a lot of sauces out there with a ton of flavor and there's a lot of sauces out there with a lot of heat. And it's pretty rare to find some that have both. And that was kind of the passion of mine. So I took kind of the culinary background of all these Asian foods that I was used to eating and applied it to that. Um, and a lot of it comes down to the variety of ingredients that we use. Uh, a simple hot sauce, Louisiana style, three simple ingredients. It's vinegar, salt, and typically cayenne peppers. Nothing wrong with that. I'll have Tabasco any day of the week, but it's very simplistic and it's vinegar and heat. And I wanted to provide a culinary uh, element to that. And really there's very few of our sauces that have less than 20 ingredients in it. And that's not for showing off, it's for layers. And that's what's so critical is to have different layers of flavor in the sauce that you're eating and in your palate while you're eating the food. And within that three to five second period, you're getting two to four different notes of flavor as it changes. And that's what makes it so enjoyable. Now I'm going to ask you as a follow-up question to that really fantastic answer. How do you eat and enjoy, and more importantly, appreciate a hot sauce? How do you know what it is you're tasting because most of us only encounter this in relation to the foods we have it on and it's always becoming a supporting player unless it's one of those vinegar based ones where you're getting a vinegar bomb will you talk about how you can teach us to appreciate a great hot sauce um a lot of it comes down to what the hot sauce is and um when you have very minimal amount of ingredients the heat gets you first right away and when you use not fresh peppers but use extracts the heat hits you right away and also lingers with you past the end of the meal so the reason that uh a using real peppers and pepper mashes and not relying on extracts for heat is so important and also to have a combination of ingredient of ingredients in the right combination is so that you can get 
the flavor first and have like what I call a one Mississippi of just the taste of the sauce before the element of heat comes in. And that's kind of one of the signatures of a spicy shark sauce is you always get a one Mississippi of what, even in our super hots of what that flavor is before the heat. And we have a wide range. We have a five fin heat scale, as I call it. Uh, so you look at the ranking of the fins on the bottle. Actually, I have one behind me, so we'll see how well Can you hold that up for me and turn that around? Let's see it. So our five fin oh, heat wow, scale there. Oh, wow, I like there. that. Now that... So this is the three, our original. And that color so, is very no matter... golden. And then I saw the word habanero. So we know that, that habanero peppers have a range of color to them. Uh, that's a very distinctive uh, color. And I think it's worth noting. There's a lot of different colors of habaneros. Um, it's just such a great pepper. It's my favorite pepper to work with. It's the pepper that I use uh, the most in my sauces. And in the original, it is an orange habanero pepper. You could certainly use other color variations as well. And the habanero just provides such a beautiful mix of the fruit, the fruitiness of the pepper, and not an overwhelming amount of heat. And you just really get so many different, um, so many different flavors just from the pepper itself, let alone everything else. When did you, the there it is. I want to stay on this for a second. Six fin series, extreme heat. There are people who, as a hobby, seek out, collect, and then endure this exceptionally hot stuff. Um, this is actually a culture. People are hotheads and, and spice lovers. Can you talk about the fact that in North America, in our cuisine culture, spicy and hot has become a thing? Spicy food and hot and uh, hot sauce condiments have grown more than ketchup, mayo, and mustard combined in the last 10 years. It's absolutely a thing. It's absolutely a trend uh, that is not slowing down. And the chili head community, which I'm a, a, a proud that's member the correct of. That's we use for this. That is the, yes, yes, the, we are Chili Heads. That is the absolute correct name of it. Um, I'm a proud member of them. What's the population um, like of Chili Heads? A, what kind of numbers are we talking in the millions? Oh, definitely in the millions. Um, I mean, it's people who, now there's there's Chili Heads and there's Chili Head thrill seekers. So we'll we'll talk a little bit about the difference. So a Chili Head like myself really enjoys a level of heat with their food and can't have a, like that's why i have a hot maple syrup is because i can't even have coffee without spice Ooh. to it so i have a spicy latte every morning with my hot maple syrup so oh, a chili wait, wait, head wait, is wait, someone wait. who needs we haven't seen this product yet oh, this oh. is fantastic Blue yeah we have two hot, hot blueberry syrups. maple syrup with a mild heat that sounds so that's delicious i want to make hot toddies with that you can. So I have two hot syrups. One, the one you just uh, showed is uh, our most mild product. It's half Maine blueberries, half Vermont maple syrup infused with habanero and a touch of lime. Anything from pancakes and ice cream, you could use as a glaze on the grill. And then we have our dark hot maple syrup, which is a mid-level heat. And that's a dark, robust, grade A maple syrup I buy from three different sugar houses in Vermont. Just that grade of maple syrup, you get notes of toffee oh. and coffee, and it can really hold up to the habanero, where as much as I love a mild amber syrup, it can't hold up to the habanero. So that's why I use that version of grade A. And then I infuse that with habanero and a touch of ginger. And that in, in coffee drinks and cocktails, we make spicy margaritas. 
Um, we do a lot with those products. I have but, to tell you, you know, I'm, abs I'm, I'm being composed right now. I'm absolutely squealing at the thought because I love hot honey. And this is a thing that's begun to happen. Products are emerging to bloom the category. And when we talk about balance and satisfaction and pleasure in any bite or sip of food, of course, we go back to those elements of bitter, sour, salty, and sweet. And you are giving us more colors to paint with to get to that place. I am absolutely squealing. Um, I've got to go back though. You've got a trophy. Is is that a, 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 a trophy? And I see your products on the shelf there. You've had a lot of success with Spicy Shark. We have. It's It's been crazy. I mean, I only started the company in 2018. I mean, this is only our fourth full year. And what's so exciting is anywhere we've gone, we've won some sort of an award. But the ones I'm most proud of are the Scovie Awards. So um, just like there's Golden Globes and it's great to win a Golden Globe, most people pay attention to the Oscars. So I would call the Scovie Awards where I was there close to you in Albuquerque, New Mexico. I was down there three weeks ago now, and that is the center for the Fiery Food Show. So they just had their 33rd annual Fiery Food Show. It was my third year down there. And what was crazy was in 2020, we won Best in Show for the entire festival. Um, and then since then, uh, since 2019, we've won 11 Scovie Awards, which is, which is just, it's, uh, it's mind blowing to us. We're, we're, we're so honored and, and thrilled about it. And that's really helped us as a company to gain recognition um, because that says a lot if you can win and some And for Scovie 33 Awards. editions of the Scovie Awards, we've been paying attention to the category a long time. I have to be honest and candid and full disclosure, I actually uh, own uh, owned a, a company called Flavor Bank, which is a peppercorn company. So I've been in the spices business a long time. When people do it right and they get it right, you have to really stand up and applaud because it's not an easy thing to do very well. It seems simple. It's not. It's one of those things where you make it look easy, but it's a lot of, of balance and blending that goes into it, sourcing. I have to tell you, I'm thrilled to learn about everything that's going on for you. But 33 editions means this is going back 30 years now. So this is not a new, new thing. It's a very powerful impact on the cuisine culture that we are. Can you talk broadly and nationally, where are the chili heads? Where is this happening in food service? And how is Spicy getting into our industry, the hospitality industry, not just consumer packaged it, goods and, and bring it home and have it at home kind of category? It's, it's very difficult. And as someone who was in the beer business for 17 years, that's my background. I was in the beer business up until 2017, and then I left to start my company. I can make some comparisons to kind of the beer business. And um, I feel like hot sauce and the spicy condiment category as a category is basically where the craft beer world was yeah. about 10 years ago. A lot of new entrants coming in, a lot of craft hot sauces like myself. There's a lot of incredible yeah. craft hot sauces out there uh, well before I started my company. But um, just like maybe 10, 15 years ago, most hospitality at Bud Miller Coors and maybe you'd find a Sam Adams in a Blue Moon. Now you'll see a tap line that's all craft beer. We're still in a phase, although it's slowly changing, where the vast majority of both food service and retail, you're going to see, you know, the big five, and that would be Tabasco, Cholula, Texas Pete's, Frank's, yeah. uh, Louisiana brand, yeah. hot sauce, Sriracha. Nothing wrong with those products. We wouldn't be here without those products. They're great. I still use them. 
but craft hot sauce is just starting to be visible outside of festivals and outside of the internet. So uh, I have to give a shout out to a great uh, uh, two unit chain out of Ohio called Jungle Gyms. They were the ones who really had a hot sauce section and they have a huge festival called the Weekend of Fire. And Jungle Gyms was really the first big grocery format store that had a hot sauce section. And now you're starting to see others come aboard with it, which is great. I'm lucky enough to be in Whole Foods Northeast and Whole Foods has recently um, gotten more proactive with uh, with higher end craft hot sauces. So it's great to be with those guys. Um, but it's still when you go into your regular grocery store, it's hard to find. It's really the specialty stores where you're going to find products. And like if mine. you don't have it in a grocery near you, of course, you can go to the spicyshark.com. And I have to ask. What cuisines lend themselves to the flavor profile of the Spicy Shark project products? Are there certain things that really play in a balanced way with the habanero roots that you have? It absolutely can go on anything depending on the product. And I really cater my product for a certain type of food. And then you find that it can go on a, a lot more. So for example, uh, our Caribbean reef shark, that's the name of it. Uh, certainly there are no shark products in any, <laughs> in any of our, there's no shark in any of our products. We, we love sharks and donate to help save them. But the Caribbean reef shark, I name each, each product after a shark. Um, I, I catered that one to seafood. So uh, that is the Scotch bonnet pepper, which is similar to the habanero in genus. Um, coconut milk, pineapple, jerk spice is really lush and tropical. I went into that thinking, and that's the way my brain works from a culinary perspective. I go into the product and in my head, I had grilled shrimp, fish tacos, rice and beans, and that product kind of developed into that. Then I'll have other ones like my Megalodon where a burger was on my mind. And you think about, it starts with a, a sweet cherry note, some body from poblano peppers, some apple, and ends with the heat of the Carolina Reaper pepper. And that just pairs incredibly well with burgers and grilled meat. And then I have a lot of fun with what I call my sweet heat collection, um, which is the hot honey and the two hot maple syrups, because I love playing with hot and sweet, because uh, they're so far apart, yet to get, put them together and they go on so many things, but especially being able to cater along with, with desserts and breakfast foods, that's a lot of fun. So it really depends on the product, but um, there's a spicy shark for every Can type Can I tell of you, all I can think about right now is that hot maple syrup with uh, fried chicken and waffle. I'm like, oh, I'm really absolutely. a little preoccupied. I may even be a slightly bit distracted, which is completely unprofessional of me. And I don't get there very often, I, but the totality of what you're doing has gotten me so engaged in a very inspired way. And I'm hoping that by having you on, other people are feeling the same way. There's a lot of new to what you're doing and taking some of the beloved and favorite things that we know from each of our regional cuisines and imagining them now with those layers of complex heat. It reminds me to ask you about when you were talking about the one Mississippi, we hear often talk about chords of flavor in a musical sense where you don't just play a single note, but you play three or even five notes together to create a complex chord. You do that with the blending that you do. But then when you're listening to music, you feel the beat, you hear the beat, you experience food and flavor with a four count in your palate. And when you say one Mississippi, that's the, that's the introduction of the front. 
and then you go to the back and then you go to the finish. Complex flavors play in a balanced way throughout the four beats of a bite or a sip. And that's what I heard you saying about one Mississippi when you were talking about how you time it, how you experience it as you take a bite. Can you talk a little bit about how important that was? And what about your background in beer gave you that sort of musical timing, that palate familiarity that you brought to this? Well, really, um, the beer element, I was in the craft beer industry, and that's where, you know, I grew up like most only having Bud Miller and Coors and really one note products. And again, there's nothing wrong with those companies. There's nothing wrong with those products. They, they certainly serve a purpose, but it, it just is so simple. And there's so much more to enjoy when you have these other elements to it. So to use an example with our products, you know, like our sweet heat, the hot honey, um, there's, you, how do I say it? So there's a back note I have there of cinnamon. And it's such a small part of the product, but it's so key because the cinnamon comes in third and, and you don't want it to be an overwhelming flavor. That's a product just like the ginger and the hot maple syrups, where it's such a key back note that it brings something to at the very end where you go, what was that? And sometimes you can't tell what it was. It's almost like the mint I use in our jalapeno nurse shark. If you have a really great palate, you can go, oh, that was a hint of mint. Or you, you just say, that tasted good. There's something different. I like this. I want more. And it just comes down to how, you know, about the palate you were born with. Um, our chipotle sauce, our thresher shark, I start with cold brew oh, coffee. Wow. That's the number one ingredient in the thresher shark. And I said, I want to make a cold brew coffee based hot sauce. Um, but I didn't want it to just be one note. Oh, there's some heat and some coffee flavor. So there's two important right. ingredients in the thresher shark, and that's cocoa and hibiscus. Oh, and those are things that help layer that product. Yeah. And you wouldn't think it. Uh, a lot of my products I developed for like six months. My, my last one, the Hamagata, the first of our six fin series, that one really pushed my boundaries because that is an incredibly hot product. And I had the Megalodon, which was my hottest. And I said, I need something more that's catered for the chili head community and to make something blazing hot, where if you're a beginner, it should hurt you, but also be so tasty that you, you want another bite despite that is very difficult. So that was a six month journey from start to finish. And I said, what am I going to do? And I said, you know what? I've been to New Orleans 15 times. My favorite type of cooking is Cajun and Creole. So I'm going to go with what they say when I go to New Orleans and that it's all begins with a roux. And I started with the vegan roux, Cajun spices, smoke. And that's how I had kind of the, uh, the firewall to what was going to be Carolina Reaper, Seven Pop Primo, um, Scorpion, and All right, my eyes are watering just hear you say those words. When you take a bite of food and it's spicy and it's a little spicy for you, there's going to be some debate about what to do. Your instinct may be to reach for a glass of water. How can I best deal with a... Uh, a bite that's too spicy and I can cool the fire, or if I've put a little too much in my dish, what are the two things I can do to sort of mitigate if I've got a little too much heat? Great question. And I get asked it a lot. The three, I'll give you the three things that can actively lower capsaicin burn. Water is not one of them. Water is not going to hurt, um, but it, it'll actually feel good because it's cold and wet, but it's not going to help the, the sting go away. Sugar, fat and alcohol are the three. 
Um, so a white Russian, quite frankly, would be the best thing that you could have to cure. That has all three of them in it. Um, but uh, like a hot sauce store that's known for having hot sauce, if they're pros, they'll have whip whipped cream waiting for you in case you uh. overdo it. And a squirt of whipped cream will be the best way to cure it. And you'll get your sugar and your fat through the dairy from that. That would be the quickest way to eliminate it. And I've done some extreme challenges, um, wing contests with, you know, extract sauces that legitimately, you know, I stop because my hands are uncontrollably wow. shaking it. You know, I know my body. And you're so pro. that, you know, I rush. I am a pro, but well, you, there's, there's some that climb up the Scoville scale where your body reacts up. Uh, you know, can't take it. And though that's not the kind of stuff I Have do. Have you in my done products, one of those of uh, one chip challenge chips? I have done, and that one is not a pleasant one uh, at all. Um, but uh, yeah, a lot of the, and that's the key uh, for people to understand. And if you're going to do a competition, you always want to ask that question is this an extract sauce or is there extract in this product? A lot of people think the hottest part of a hot pepper or the seeds could not be further from the truth. The seeds are the least hot part of the pepper. If you cut open a hot pepper and you look closely, you're going to see these white little veins. In those veins is the highest amount of capsaicin that's in that pepper. So people can extract it out of that and they put in little tinctures. And then if you put that into a product, you are getting exclusively capsaicin and heat. There is zero flavor. In fact, there's quite frankly, an unpleasant, almost metallic taste uh, or like sucking on a penny copper taste to it. It's very unpleasant and it's purely for the purpose of, of challenges and having a very I always refer product. to that as the pepper venom. Yes, that's a good way to say it. Because out here in the Wild West, we still have creatures that have a little bit of venom that they'll visit upon you if you visit upon them. So you, my friend, are our friend in the spicy hot business. We love that you came and spent time with us. Congratulations on the honors. Let's give everybody one more taste of where they can visit you. And... Um, and is there anything exciting coming up that you want to turn us on to? Have you found a place that's making, um, let's say, spicy hot pizza, for instance? Or have you encountered pie is one of my things. I love pie. Go to Maine when, growing up and, and we go to a place called Moody's Diner. Just, out, you know, Moody's. Oh, yeah. Uh, New England is, I think, championship pie country. I've been a judge at the National Pie Championships. I love pie. Has anybody done a great hot fruit pie have they taken some of these hot pies? um i wouldn't say a hot fruit pie but i will give a shout out based on what you're asking to my friends at the agnes store in oregon who do spicy brownies so if you want to have a spicy brownie check out the old agnes store in in i don't know the exact town in oregon but they make some pretty incredible hot brownies so i would uh, i would recommend them um, as far as things and as regards to pizza, I would pour some spicy shark hot honey on your pizza. Oh. That is one of the my favorite combinations is putting hot honey on pizza. It is such a good savory sweet. Um, it really is. Um, in regards to upcoming things, uh, this is, I guess, most relevant to New Englanders. Uh, if you have any listening in your audience, but I'm actually hosting uh, and putting on the first annual New England hot sauce fest. Uh, it's www.newenglandhotsaucefest.com and at New England Hot Sauce Fest on social media. And it's going to be at Smutty Nose Brewery on July 30th this year. And we have 28 hot sauce vendors, food trucks, hot pepper eating contests, uh, a DJ playing 80s music. And uh, it's on July 30th. And it's just going to be a blast in Hampton, oh, New Hampshire. Fun. So I'm, 
I really am trying to make New England a spicy region, and there's no hot pepper uh, festival in our six uh, small but mighty states. So that's changing. Hey, is anybody this actually growing either in hot houses or in commercial operations any of the chilies that are essential to your products? Absolutely. I actually buy from a fair amount of pepper farms in Excellent. Vermont. There are some great producers. Well, I up love there. that you're our friend in the business, and uh, we love the spicy shark. I'm thrilled to introduce this to our audience. And remember, the 14 million readers of Food and Beverage Magazine every month are in the business. And if you want to make sure that you are in the vanguard of where we go next into Food 3.0, we're going there together, everybody. Don't just put the same old bottles out on your counter. Start changing the taps on your table for the hot sauce experience and offer the best there is. How do you know what's the best? Bring them in, taste them, try them. There are crafters of these incredible products all over the country. Now, best to start with the ones that have already won the prizes. I'll give you a hint. They've won their prizes for a reason. The best in any competition announces itself and says, here, we're the best. So please give those a try, but put them on your table. Change your tabletop taps in the spicy realm. I think that's going to be a really exciting way. And vinegar's nice and tried and true is nice and everybody loves sriracha. But when you find your new favorite thing, well, there's a whole new food adventure waiting for you. And thanks to our friends at Spicy Shark, I'm excited to introduce you to them and open up this idea of being inspired to get a little bit more hot in your diet. Gabe, thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having this me. This is was super a blast. fun. Thanks so much. Whether you are thinking about becoming a restaurateur or you are already in the business, Michael Politz has written a must read, The Food and Beverage Magazine's Guide to Restaurant Success. Pick up your copy today at Barnes & Noble, Amazon, Books A Million, or wherever fine books are sold.